Welcome to the Born to Roll podcast, the go-to podcast for you to learn how to walk in your authority in Christ. My name is Christian Santiago. I am the host of this podcast and the co-founder, along with my gorgeous Australian wife, Chantel, of Born to Rule Global Ministries, a ministry designed and started to help you walk in your authority in Christ. Hey, today I have a powerful episode set up for you. I am joined by this amazing woman named Nicole Jansen. She is the leader of the Leaders of Transformation podcast, along with she's also been coaching entrepreneurs. She loves Jesus. She just has this almost prophetic bent to her as well. And she's in the mountain of business. If you're familiar with the seven mountains of society, she knows she's called to that area. She's been, she shares her story on this, on how she got saved, on just the, the things that she faced. She also talks about how to upgrade your self-image and overcome adversity. And, and it's just such a powerful thing. And she also gives some wisdom and some tips for you to walk in authority and change how you view yourself, change who you really are. I have enjoyed this episode. It was a time of transformation because she's huge about leaders of transformation in the kingdom. And if you're serious about being a transformational leader, you're going to enjoy this episode. Send this to some people, rate it, and um, I'm going to share her links so you can stay connected with her. But hey, here at Born to Rule, we want you to walk in your authority and live with power. Enjoy this episode. Nicole Jansen, oh man, I am so grateful that you're joining us on the Born to Rule podcast. Um, you are the CEO of Leaders of Transformation, your entrepreneur, coach to also executives, entrepreneurs. You are a spirit-filled woman, love Jesus. Um, I just want to start off really quick because I know you're going to share so much wisdom with us, so much wisdom with us. But I first want to start off, um, what is your journey and, and how did you start from where the, you got saved along to now you're leading leaders of transformation? I just love to know that. Just dive into it. Sure. And thanks for having me. I'm just so grateful to be here. And thank you to Tori and Scott. I always love doing shout outs to people who support me along the way and encourage and make connections. So a shout out to Torian for connecting us. Uh, he is an amazing man of God and uh, also a master in the marketplace as well. So yeah. Now in terms of my journey, yeah. So I, I became saved at um, when I was when I was 14 years old, I was at a conference and it was uh, down in the US. I was originally in Canada, um, just moved down here about 10 years ago. And so we would drive down to these conferences and some of these business conferences, what, they, what we would have is on Sunday, there would be a worship service and there would be a speaker. So I got to hear, you know, Charles Stanley and Ron Ball and Billy Zioli and some of these names and Ike Reichard and so forth. And and it was just amazing. And one time I was there and I said, I was 14 years old. I was with my parents, of course, and, and uh, they had gotten started in this business years prior. So I would go with them. And I just felt the Holy Spirit really just prompting me in that moment. And there was like maybe 25, 30,000 people in the room. It was this huge Coliseum. And we were sitting at the back and I had to make the long walk all the way to the front. And everything inside me was saying that I needed to do this. Uh, that, it, you know, I wanted to give my life to the Lord, but it was so crazy at the same time. And it relates to my whole story 
is that I was at the same time torn because part of me didn't want to feel and, and appear to be someone that didn't have it all worked out. You know, that I was like, yeah, but if I go forward, that just means like I'm messed up or something, you know, and that I've got all these issues and then I'm not perfect. Right. I'm a recovering perfectionist. So, <laughs> so I had this conflict, but finally it was just like, I just needed to go. And so I did, I didn't know exactly what it was going to mean to my life. I just knew it was important. Uh, after that, I started to read the Bible I was reading every day and in it just, you know, it was pouring all of that, that in now, a lot of times when we get saved, we think, great, you know, the skies are going to open up. It's going to be amazing. Life is going to be smooth sailing from here. Wasn't exactly like that. But what happened is, is that, you know, God took me through, there was peaks certainly along the way, but there was a lot of valleys. There was a lot of wilderness experiences and, and, and each of our journeys is different. Not everybody has to go through the same things. Thank God. We don't have to go through the same things, but we all have our own journey. And I believe that God used all of that, all the adversity to prepare me. Patience is one of the things that I've never been really good at. So he had to, he had to teach me patience through delays and through that wilderness experience. And so it taught me, and even with the successes in, that we had in business and then the failures you know, all of that journey was to teach me and prepare me for what he has called me to do. And I didn't really know that it was leadership per se. I just knew that God had called me to help people to play to their strengths and, you know, be the best that they could be, be who God created them to be. And, and, you know, I was, I was, I got into that space of doing that. And then it was funny because I was at a, another conference and somebody, we had this little exercise that, you know, we, they put us in teams and we had to decide who the team leader was going to be and all of this. And my team, we had all of these powerhouse, very strong-willed individuals who all wanted to be, they, most of them wanted to be the leader. And so I was totally fine with whoever just wanted to step up and be a leader. And, and I was just like, great, you want to be the leader? Like, I'm fine with that. And it was interesting because there was a met who, somebody who became my mentor who was sitting in in that meeting because we were having so many issues with ego in our team that I had asked him to come and be part of this. And he said to me afterwards, he said, why did you give up leadership? Because you're the obvious leader. And I, at that moment, that was the first time I had really, it had really occurred to me that I was a leader. And so as he said that, that just it, one little statement, it, it was like, wow, I started to think of myself and saying, how am I leading? And, and realize that leadership is about leading yourself first. But then it is when the time comes to step up and lead where leadership is required. And so as I started, you know, really exploring that and God started to show me all of the life experience that I had that had prepared me to be the leader where he had called me to be the leader. I, it was very, it was, it was eye-opening. It was like, it made it all worth it. He never wastes an experience and certainly doesn't waste painful experiences. And so in 2015, I had gone through a lot of wilderness experience. Like I said, highs and lows in 2015, I was like, Lord, 
I got all sorts of crazy going on. Like, what do I do? What's the next step? I had been coaching at the time for about 10 years, formally, informally for many more years than that. I'd been in business for over 30 years and coaching and building teams and so forth. But formally saying, okay, I'm going to coach and I'm going to do workshops outside of that space that I was used to. And I'm going to work with business owners from different arenas. And it was in 2015, like I said, and I was just like, God, show me, what do you want me to do? Is this where I'm supposed to stay? Am I supposed to continue on this or you have something else for me? And one morning he woke me up, it was Saturday morning and 4.30 in the morning, I'm not usually up at that time. And he woke me out of bed and he said, you're going to do a podcast. It's going to be called the leaders of transformation. You're going to interview difference makers and world changers go. And I was like, a podcast. I mean, I had leaders of transformation, the name as an idea, I was going to use it for a mastermind. And I was like a podcast. I hadn't thought of doing a podcast. And I said, when am I going to do this? And he said, now. And I said, like, now, now, or like planning out to preparing to prepare to do it. Right. He said, now. And I took him literally. And I, I got up and I said, okay, it's four 30 in the morning. I'm going to take that as a, you know, today is now. And I reached out to someone who was four hours ahead. So they would be awake uh, at that time. And I asked them and I said, what do I need to know about this podcasting thing? Because he had been in the podcasting space. He gave me a, a few instructions, 15, 20 minutes. And I was live three weeks later. And it was just, it was an act of obedience that I'm like, okay, I'm not, this is your idea. This is your instruction. I'm going to, I'm going to just do it. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to overplan it. I'm going to just trust you. And as that has, has unfolded, and I just, I was like, oh, this is your idea. So you're going to, if, the, if you want this to happen, you're going to make it happen. And it, it has been incredible. Got an opportunity to meet some of the most amazing people, people I, I knew before that I had not been connected with recently because there wasn't a reason to, bringing them on the show. Other people that I had gotten an opportunity to meet that uh, through referrals and through all the people that, you know, the booking agents that send me guests. And it's just been absolutely incredible. And as I was obedient, the vision started to unfold leaders of transformation. Initially people were like, oh, it's about leadership. I'm like, no, 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 it's about transformation. <laughs> leaders that are creating transformation. And then of course I realized it's the yes and. Yes, it is about leadership. And it is about leaders who create transformation in the world. How are we making this world a better place for everyone? Because even though, you know, we know the, you know, you look at end times as a, as a Christian, you, you hear the stories of what the end time, you know, what the revelation says and so forth. But what we are called to do is go make disciples of all the earth. What we're called to do is live with justice and righteousness, right? So it's doing that, doing what he called us to do. And as we do what he's calling us to do, it will open up opportunities and doors like we would never have been able to create on our own. Wow. Wow. What a story. That's powerful. I love what you mentioned about that leader coming up to you and saying, why have you let it go when you should are, are the obvious leader? Now, what was that moment for you, for him to almost in a way, open your eyes to yourself? Well, it was eye-opening. It truly was because I didn't see myself as the obvious leader. So then I had to ask myself, what is he seeing in me that I'm not seeing in me? And, and I started to realize that 
one of the things, the reason why he, he thought that was, I think in part because the humility, because I wasn't the one trying to be the leader. Oftentimes the people that are saying, I'm the leader, I'm the leader, are not actually the ideal leader because they're making it about themselves. And I had, I was the one that brought him over and said, we have an issue and we need some outside intervention here to work this out because there's a, too much power. And so I was recognizing what was happening and just doing it innately because of my life experience, innately realizing what was going on in the room and saying, okay, we need some support on that. And so I was the, I had already led it to be there so that we would ha be having that conversation. But it was eye-opening to me and it's, it shifted. It literally, sometimes a, a question, a word can shift the trajectory of your life where you just, you never saw it that way, you know? And that's why it's, 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 it's important to have mentors and coaches and people that, that are spirit-filled that can speak into your life. And, and oftentimes they'll see things that we don't see. And oftentimes if they are spirit filled, they're actually seeing you as God sees you versus what oftentimes we see ourselves through the lens of the world or what other people have told us that maybe weren't so affirming or our failures and all of that. So how important is self-image um, as far as identity goes to leadership and stepping into that? Well, I think, it, I think it's essential because if you are, you talk about self-image, if you see yourself as a failure, if you see yourself as unimportant, as not enough, then that's what you're going to live into. That's what you're going to, that's how you're going to operate. And even if you do naturally shine, because some people, they just, you know, Hey, I'm here. And they just have this bright light about them in this natural talent that they've got that exudes from them. But even then that will be diminished, right? It's like putting the bushel over the light. It's, it's gonna be diminished. And what I've noticed is there's a lot of times where people have incredible talent and abilities and giftings, they, they actually self-sabotage. So they're the ones, it's not, they're like, why is this not working? It's like, because they are actually sabotaging their own success by the words they say, by what they focus on and the environment that they create and or allow themselves to operate in. So it's really important that we know who we are in Christ, that we, we look at ourselves as who and see ourselves as God sees us. I mean, the Bible says that God knew us before we were even born. He knew us, he knew us and he, he actually has books written about us that tell the story of our life. And so if that's the case, then it's like, Lord, we'll open up those books and show me what, tell me what you say about me versus what the world says or what I, what I, um, not just what the world says, but what I listen to in the world. We'll be right back with this incredible interview. Have you ever wanted to walk in the supernatural, but you don't know what simple steps to take? Have you ever wanted to experience more of the authority that Christ has given you come out of you and actually God use you at greater levels? 
Well, if that's you here at Born to Rule Global, we want to equip you to help you walk in the authority that Christ has given to you through your rulership identity in him. And so because of that, we created a simple PDF that shows you four ways to increase your authority in the kingdom of God. And number four will surprise you, it'll challenge you, but it's also one of the greatest way, if not the greatest way to increase your authority. And so if you want to receive that, click the notes, the, the link in our show notes. You can find that, download that PDF and begin to walk in your authority. Now, let's get back to this incredible interview. Something you had mentioned that we were actually talking about was that affects people in their self-image and even their identity is what they misplace themselves in, which is something with seven A's. And I'd love for you to jump into that and share the seven A's and how that affects our identity if we misplace it. And it just helps us what we can do to overcome that as great to become great kingdom leaders. Sure. Well, before I go into the seven A's, which are what I call the external validations, God just dropped this in my spirit, these seven A's. I want to talk about um, what actually is like, what, what blocks us oftentimes. And I know for me, I'll just put it out there. The one that I struggle with the most is pride. I try to figure things out on my own. I'm like, God, help me, help me, help me. Right. You know, I, I want this to happen and I need your help in this area. And then it's like, okay, you had 30 minutes, you had three days, you had 30 days, you know, I gave you your time, time's up. Now I've got to go figure it out on my own. Or sometimes I think the, pro- the, the problem or the project that I'm working on isn't important enough to invite God into it because it's just this little thing. And so in doing that, it's that pride that comes out. It's like, I can figure this out. I can handle you. I'll call you when I need you. And so pride is one of the things. Now, the second thing is insecurity is worrying about, and we've talked about that, is worrying about what other people think about us. That hinders us, right, from being everything that God has created us to be. Another thing is that hinders leaders is avoidance. So we avoid doing the inner work because we're too busy. We make excuses. You know what? I'm fine. I've dealt with those past things. I dealt with that primary lie that I learned when I was young, even though they may not call it that, but you know, that hurt that I had when I was a child, I've dealt with it. I'm over it, but are you, but are you over it? Because it, if you haven't really dealt with it, it's going to show up just like it has in my life. It keeps showing up and keeps showing up and keeps showing up until we deal with it. And the fourth thing I would say is striving, striving hinders us from being everything that God has created us to be. And even being open to seeing who we are in Christ is because we're so busy striving. We're so busy thinking we we think our success is because of our doing it's because of good works. I have to earn God's grace. I have to earn his favor. I have to earn it so that he can say, well done thy good and faithful servant. We have to earn it. And we, and if we, if we, operate from those things, then we're not going to be able to even see it. Just like me not being able to see that I was actually a leader until someone pointed it out. There was all these things working against me, if that makes sense. Now, the seven A's uh, actually came as a result. I was doing a uh, program, which was totally inspired called Made to Order. 
And I did it with a few of the ladies. We were on a prayer call and it just unfolded this revelation. And God said, yeah, you're going to do a, a webinar on this. And in the midst of doing that webinar is preparing for this, like discovering your identity in Christ. And, and what does I, what is this thing called identity and what's the barrier, you know, what are the barriers and so forth. And God showed me these external validations that we rely on. So the number one, first A, are archetypes. And I'm a big believer in the DISC model of human behavior and strengths finder and all of those tools. If you listen to Tony Robbins, he'll even talk about some of the archetypes or there's other people that will talk about different archetypes. So you can define yourself and your identity from an archetype. And while those are great, they're, they are limiting because they're man-made. You won't find them in the Bible, right? So, so number Preach. one, archetypes. That's the first external validation of who am I? Oh, I'm a that, or I'm a this. Got it, right? Um, the other thing is, and even like Enneagrams, I mean, as wonderful yes. as that is, the same thing, all of that stuff, right? If we use it, and if we make it our God, then we are going to see ourselves through the lens of what that description and definition is. We may relate to it, but that's different. I'm relating to it from the point of reference of God, who do you say that I am? Versus what does a, a report or a, you know, whatever analysis say that I am and working from there. The second one is accomplishments. You know, it's, it's the, uh, the more I have, the, you know, the bigger the toys, right? The more success, all of that. So accomplishments. The third one is accolades, is seeking the accolades and, and acknowledgements from other people. You know, these external validations, we get our identity. The problem with that is, is that these things are temporary, right? They fall away. They change. There's a new idea, a new archetype that shows up or new accomplishments, the latest iPhone, or, you know, maybe accolades. If you're writing on the accolades, from five years ago, or even one year ago, right? It, it, the, these things are temporary. They rot, they rust, they wear out. Acquisitions is the fourth one. And um, so we, we talk about accomplishments and what you can accomplish in terms of the doingness. And then it is all of the acquisitions and you know all the stuff, right? So um, there's that. Um, the, the fifth one, interesting, is associations. So who are you associating with? Are you getting your validation from the fact that I'm part of this group or that church, right? Versus the church, the body of Christ. A lot of times, you know, we pray, we pray for our communities, we pray for our specific area and so forth. And sometimes you even see that in the church where there's one church versus the other, you know, it's like, this is not a competition. We are called, we are all part of the body of Christ. One may be an arm, one may be a leg, one may be an eye, whatever, but we're all just like in that body, we're all important. So associations, in my case, um, I, I was associated with a business organization, but when that ended, I had to ask myself, like, who, who am I now that I'm not part of that organization, right? Uh, the, the sixth one is actually attractiveness, attractiveness. We want to be attractive. What do we look like? Whether that's, and it's attractiveness, not beauty. I mean, it could be beauty, right? Women, guys, it might be being handsome. It might be looking a certain way, having a certain height, having a certain build, having a certain skin tone or having certain features, right? When we 
when we find our identity in those things, again, they're temporary, what happens when they're gone? And the last one, this one was really personal for me was adversity because I have experienced a lot of adversity, you know, business, business adversity, finances, relationships, health, you name it. And if I, and I noticed that I started to do that, I started to identify myself through my adversity. It would, it was holding me back from the new thing that God was doing in my life. And so we've got to let go of these things. And no matter what, all of those things are nice. It's not like they're bad things, right? Uh, accomplishing, getting awards, you know, um, whatever, right? Having certifications, all of that is wonderful. Having things, God wants to bless us and have a have a, an abundant life. Jesus came so we would have life more abundantly, not just spiritually, but also in, and in, in not just in heaven, but here, right? But these things are not our, we're not, we're, we're called not to idolize them. Yes. We're not called to, to put them on a pedestal or to find our identity in them. Because as I learned is that when everything is taken away and at one point, you know, it was like all of this, all the success, all of these things literally were taken away. And I was like, God, I have nothing left. You've taken, I've lost so much. And even family lost my, both my parents, you know, went through a divorce, all of that. And, and I'm like, what do I have left? And it was like, you have me, he said, you know, you have me, that's all you need. And I asked him, I said, why did you take all these things away? Or why did you allow all these things to be taken away? And he said to me, he said, I will have no other gods before me. And I remember because I would pray, God, I want nothing before you and nothing. And he's like, are you sure about that? Because it might mean that I'm going to take a few things away. I'm not suggesting that the people listening that you're going to, he's going to, when you say that, he's going to take everything away. That's my journey. But he, he does desire us to put him first because not because of who that he needs us to, as you know, this, I'm, you know, he doesn't need us to worship him. He doesn't need us, you know, to, to put him on. He's already on the throne. He's already God. We need it. You will always be God. Yeah. You'll always be God. Yeah. We need that position. We need ourselves to be positioned in such a way that, that we have him at the center, that he is that he is the one and only God that we serve mm -hmm. and then seek first the kingdom of God and all other things will be given to you. But if you get it out of order, life gets crazy. Yes. Wow. That's so powerful on the seven A's. I love how you mentioned about adversity um, and how people can actually create an identity from that. Um, and some people can create it in a positive or negative way, but it's still external. So in a way, it's not really, you know, uh, as, as positive long term. So what would you encourage people who maybe find themselves? Actually, I want to ask you a different question. What are some qualities that you know 
that you can spot if you have seen your external identity through the lens of adversity? What are some qualities? Let's say you've connected with people and you're like, man, I can tell that they're, that's their identity. That's their, that's their spot. What are some specific traits? And then what is something you would encourage that person to do? Or maybe you have a story that you've helped someone through that as well to break that off. So that way they wouldn't have their identity in adversity. In adversity specifically. Yeah. yeah. Adversity specifically. Okay. Well, so, I mean, I can relate to it myself because I used to speak through the lens of what I had lost or the struggle that I had been through. So let me tell you about my struggle. Let me tell you about how hard it is. Let me, you don't understand. You don't have no idea what I've been through. And the pride comes in too, saying, I've been through worse things that you've been through. So somehow I'm actually, you know, more resilient. I'm more tough skinned, you know, thick skinned. I'm wiser than you. And you hear that in people's language when they, when their point of reference is their adversity. You have, how many times have we heard that? You have no idea what I've been through. And I find a lot of times with the, um, the loss, like I was starting to say about the, in the beginning, the loss is that when people speak in reference to their losses and they're, and it's not just like, you know, this thing happened and I, here's what I learned from it and I moved on and so forth, but it's actually, you can feel there's an anchoring to it. Okay. There's an emphasis on the loss and a lack of, and I actually recently was talking to this, someone about this, and I gave her this assignment to, to identify, you know, she, she was, she had lost a relationship, relationship hadn't worked out. And I challenged her and I said, identify what you have gained. I want you to write out all the things that you had gained. So that's what I did when literally it was like my father passed away suddenly one day. And then and then my husband, my husband, we had gotten back together and then my mother passed away and then he went off again. And it was just like, I lost all of this in such a short period of time. It impacted me financially in significant ways um, and, and, and my health and all of that. So in the midst of all of this is everything's like my life is crumbling around me. It was before my parents passed. And even more than it was just kind of like that was the icing on the cake. And as I was looking at all of that, I was focusing on this loss, but I, but God showed me and said, you know, like I was trying like, how do I get through this? How do I get to the other side? Cause I can't even see the other side anymore. Right. I'm just so in it. And that's another indication. If you, if you're so in it that you can't see the other side, right. Then, then that's, probably because your identity is wrapped up in it. So I started looking at what did I gain from this? Even as crazy as my parents, you know, who I was so close with, I was business partners with them for many years. So I have a unique relationship to be very, very close with my parents. We've been through a lot together. And I had to look at it and say, okay, so what now what? So they've, they're gone. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Now what? So I looked at, you know, well, I mean, as weird as it may sound, but I mean, I just scramble for things. I, I looked at it and I was like, well, I guess the good news is I don't ever have to worry about them being in a nursing home. 
my dad would be a horrible patient. In fact, my mother would be too, you know, um, either both of them, both of them died suddenly. So they didn't end up dealing with all of that. And I thought, well, that's good. Yeah. Like I just had to, I just search for something. And then it started to, then I started to look at it as uh, from a perspective of, wow, God is guess it's just you and me. It's just you and me. Okay. So my identity is no longer wrapped up. If it were, if there were still ties to my parents or responsibility to do things a certain way, because they were alive and what would they say? That's no longer there, right? There's, there's no husband, right? There's no kids because we didn't have kids. There's no, there's none of that. And so I can look at it and say, oh, I'm alone in this world. Or I can look at it as, wow, you know what, God, it's you and me. What are we going to do? I got a clean slate. I got no responsibilities. I've gotten like, I mean, I have responsibilities, but I mean, I don't have people that are dependent on me or anything like that. I can do whatever God, like, show me, what are we doing? And it's starting to shift that mindset. So Tony Robbins, I did a year long strategic intervention coaching program with the Robbins Madonna's training program. And it was awesome. Highly recommend it uh, for those that are getting into the coaching Mm -hmm. space. Um, One of the things that he talks about is the triad. You want to change your life experience and, and the way you see mm-hmm. the world. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he talks about nothing as meaning except the meaning you give it. Well, he talks about the triad, which is uh, made up of three things. So there's your focus, your words, and your state. Change your focus, change your words, change your state. So what then I did is I actually overlaid all these practices, you know, these gratitude practices and even like prayer and worship and where do they all fit, right? So if we think about how biblical it actually is, Change your focus. Who are you focusing on? Seek first the kingdom of God and all of the things begin yes. unto you. Words. Your words have power, right? Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Okay. You know, God spoke in the world. He spoke the world into existence. Moses said, who are you? He said, I am that I am. And as one of my friends recently said, it's the way she saw it too. She recently, she said, wow, when he's, I am that I am, he said, I am that I am, and that I am, and that I am, and that I am. There's so much to God will never know all of and understand all of his character, right? But he is all things, right? So words, and then state is changing your position, moving, getting, getting out of that environment, right? So what I would encourage uh, people to do is to recognize what you never what you're focusing on are you focusing on the lack or are you focusing on the abundance so we focus on scarcity so another indicator is if somebody's focusing on scarcity and loss it's scarcity right fear lack all of that not enough that's an indication if you're focusing on not enoughness then your identity is wrapped up in the wrong thing because god is not a god of not enough He's got a more than enough, more than enough. Amen. And, and the Bible, you know, is, is like, is the, is the word is the truth is the life, right? Here we've got the enemy. The enemy can't create, but he can distort. So he takes what God says and he distorts it. God's all sufficient more than enough. You're not enough, but we're made in God's image. So that's, that's a lie, right? We're made in God's image. So, so he tries to distort that and that creates that not enoughness in us. Okay. So what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the lack? Are you focusing on the loss? Are you focusing on the not enoughness? Or are you focusing on God and who he says you are? 
and the more than more than enough. What are you speaking? What are the words that you're saying every day to yourself? The thoughts, even the internal words, the language that you, what are you speaking to yourself and what are you speaking to others? What are you speaking about your life? Oh, I think I'm going to get sick. I mean, why would you say that, right? There's nowhere in the Bible that says to to speak that out. And so we speak life. Life and death is in the power of a tongue. And the third thing is change your state. Go spend time with people that are that are that are faith-filled believers, faith-filled believers, right? That live from a place of, of freedom in Christ and spend time with them. Read the word, pray, get in, you know, get it. Like, does it, your focus, your words, your state, when you worship and when you sing out loud, right? Mm-hmm. Music is very powerful. Music is is we we remember jingles right it just embeds in our brain well embed the right things listen to worship listen to elevation worship or or maverick city or bethel or hillsong or whatever your pleasure is but listen to that and those words that are being repeated over and there's a reason why they're being repeated over again over and over again so that you can get them embedded in your brain embedded in your heart imprint them literally imprint them on your heart mm. and start to change the identity that you have that you how you see yourself and and get your not even just change your it's like you're going back to the original form mm. wow wow um for those who are listening in on this podcast i know you got so much if you have to re-listen to it i encourage you to do that was powerful a lot of practical tips as well especially on focus and even um, assigning meaning. So even on focus, you know, he who keeps his mind focused on the Lord, you shall keep him in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Whatever's good, whatever's lovely, whatever's perfect, meditate and focus on those things and the God of peace shall be with you. And then even the assigning meaning, you know, the disciples in John chapter eight asked Jesus who sinned and they're looking at a blind person who sinned this person or their parents. And Jesus told him, that's not what this means, okay? It just meant that the glory of God is going to be revealed. It doesn't mean someone mean sinned. So even they had the wrong meaning and Jesus had to change it. So I love that. So powerful, so powerful. And now we're going to jump into our last two questions. Our last two questions. So, and this is a beautiful question. I love to ask all our guests. Everybody comes up with something different for each one. So first of our last question is, if everything, let's say you were to pass away tomorrow and everything about you is gone, all messages, this podcast, all 350 plus episodes you have, how many episodes are you at with your podcast? 392. 392. Okay. All 392 episodes went away. Every talk, everything disappeared, but you had the power to implant one question in people's minds to help them live at the highest level that God has for them, most fulfilled, most loving, uh, most powerful in a way, what would be that one question you would put in their mind that they would constantly ask themselves to change, to step up? Yeah, who does God say that I am? That's the question. And from a place of not judge and punisher, but who your creator, the lover of your soul, your father, the one that designed you, formed you in your mother's womb, the one that sent his son to die on a cross for you and would have come just for you, that God, 
who does he say that I am? Ask yourself that question. And then you can relate that to, you know, what you're believing right now and get back into alignment with that. Amen. 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 I also want to ask another question. Uh, real quick. Yeah, we are going to ask another question. How important when they ask that question, is it for them to cut off other people's thoughts about them? The thoughts of they, how important is that? Well, you know, I was telling you this story about my grandfather and in Holland, he, um, you know, my, when my dad was growing up, he would say, you know, well, they are doing such and such and like his friends and the parents would allow them to do such and such. And my grandfather was pretty staunch, you know, and, and very straight, serious guy and former police officer and all that. And, uh, and he said, they, who are they? I don't know who they are. I've never heard of them. And, and, you know, when you think about who is they, they are not God. They are fickle. They do foolish things. They bottom line, do not know who you really are. Only God who created you knows what you were created for. If you want to know the purpose of a thing, you need to ask the one who created the thing. And so he's the architect. He's the designer. He is the potter. And so when you stop listening to the they and what they say, and you say, who does, who does God, who or who, if you're asking for yourself, who do you say that I am God? You've got to set aside, you cannot serve two masters. And those two are going to be in conflict. Some of them, sometimes somebody comes along and says something affirming, but I always reference the, the, the Bible. I'm filtering it through everything that I hear. I hear, I get a lot of advice from different people. And over the years, I've had a lot of mentors. I filter everything through who God says that I am versus what a lot of times people do, and that's what causes the struggle, is they filter who God says that they are through the lens of the world. And there's a big difference. Mm, mm, absolutely. Mm. Yes, I just had to ask, because even that question, yeah, so huge, so huge. Now, the last one is, there's one piece of advice you can give to people for them to walk in their authority in Christ. What would that one thing be? like? If they, this is the last thing they hear, just say, hey, here's the one thing I want to give you to walk in your authority. Recognize the truth of what Jesus did on the cross for you. I had this revelation last year that, it, and, you know, and I knew it, but then, you know, sometimes you can know something and not really get it. Okay. Not know it. And I had this, this thought that if I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me and Christ is sitting at the right hand of the father. Where does that place me? And if I am sitting seated in Christ next to the father, how would that change the way that I make decisions? How would that change the way I see my authority on earth? Jesus said, I got the keys back. Basically is what he said, right? I have the keys and I'm commanding you to go out and make disciples of all the earth. Go have dominion over all the earth. The seven mountains. Go take the mountain. I'm commanding you to do it. And I can give you all 
authority because of him in he has all authority and he is operating in, in and through us. And so recognize the truth of what God, of what Jesus did on the cross for you. That's what I would say. Amen. 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 So if people want to stay connected with you, Nicole, how can they do it? You can mention your podcast or your um, website, whatever, but I'm going to link everything you share in the show notes for them to access it. Where can they keep in connection with you? Sure. They can go to leadersoftransformation.com, which is the podcast website. It also does uh, talk about my coaching as well. So if people are interested in that, of course, I'm all on social so they can find me with, through the Leaders of Transformation or Nicole Jansen Inc. You know, they can find me there as well. I'm, I'm very active on Facebook and LinkedIn and have a YouTube channel as well with some additional videos, not just the podcast videos, but also some other videos that I've been developing a library of. So uh, yeah, they can reach me there as well. Okay, amazing, amazing. And so I want you to, for the last 30 seconds of our time together, just pray a simple, quick impartation of transformational leadership. Because I know you mentioned, oh, it's a leadership. But then people are like, you're like, it's transformation. And I was thinking transformational leadership. So if you can impart just even 30 seconds right now to our audience, transformational leadership. Hmm. Father God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you that you are the author and creator of all life. You are the God of the universe. And I thank you, Lord, for the, the talents and the abilities, Lord God, that you give us, Lord. I thank you for life. You give us life itself, Lord. We thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord, for your word, which is our, our life manual, Lord God, our directions, are all in there, Lord God. You, your instructions are all in there, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, that you came to this earth to be an example, to demonstrate, not just be our to be a sacrifice for us, but you actually demonstrated, you showed us how to live. And so God, I pray for each person right now, Lord God, I pray that they would, that they would recognize what you did on the cross for them, that they would recognize who they are in you, Lord, that all the the, the, the words that have been spoken against them, Lord God, would be broken off right now and that they would receive who you say they are, your word in their hearts, Lord God. I pray that, that today what we spoke about, those seeds would be planted deep into their heart, Lord God, and would bear much fruit in them, Lord God. I pray that they would be transformed by the renewing of their mind in Christ Jesus. Your word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord God. And I pray that they would believe that and receive that today, Lord God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Born to Rule podcast. Hey, if you're on here, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, comment, put a review, five stars, and also share this with a few friends for them to begin to walk in the authority that God has given them to. We need more kings and queens under God activated and unleashed to the world. But hey, all in all, we want you to walk in the power that God has given you for your everyday life. 
And so remember this, you were born to rule. You were born to rule.